I want to start today by reading a review that Becca left because it perfectly ties into what we're talking about today. She said, fave podcast. I've been following Hillary on Instagram for years, but this past year, her podcast has been the best thing she's ever done and has honestly changed my life so much. Last summer, I was in a super low depression after a hard breakup, questioning everything in my life when I listened to one of the first episodes about Hillary's darkest moments. Hearing someone so successful go through some of the hardest things that I could actually relate to comforted me more than I can explain. Then I listened to her episode about embracing change, and that one rocked my world. I decided to take a month-long trip and change jobs right after I listened to that episode, and it was a huge thing for me that literally changed my life. So Hillary, thank you. Your vulnerability and also your wisdom has impacted me more than you know, and I credit you with giving me the tools to break out of that depression and make a massive 180-degree change in my life. Love you so much. Don't ever stop. Becca, thank you so much for taking the time to share that because the topic we're talking about today sometimes does make me want to stop for a minute, and stories like yours remind me of the work that I'm doing in the world. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Friends, friends, friends. Today's episode is one that I have been writing in my head for about a year now. I've been writing it in my head. I've been ranting about it to my poor sweet husband, Jeremy. And I avoided actually talking about it because it's, I guess it can feel heavy personal. um, And yet I finally shared about it on IG stories the other day. And I realized that I was waiting for backlash. Like I was expecting people were going to give me pushback. And I sort of trepidatiously checked my DMs later. And there was none. And first of all, can we just pause? How often do we do that? We make something worse and bigger and scarier than it is, and we put it off, and we think it's going to be so heavy, we think it's going to be bad, and actually it's maybe completely, totally fine. And I think the reason I was nervous about sharing it is because I get one criticism in the way we're going to talk about it today for every, say, 50 messages that I check in my DMs. And because I am hypersensitive to those and because I was speaking about those, I was even more expectant that I would receive more of that, that somehow I would trigger the very thing that I was trying to lessen. But maybe people heard what I said. You heard if you saw those IG stories and it made sense. And so instead of criticizing or giving some unsolicited advice like you normally would, you didn't. Because what I found is that every time I have replied to someone, the response is 99%. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize it that way. Thank you so much for saying that. Oh gosh, I really appreciate you taking the time because that was so not my heart and it's so not what I meant. And so I've seen that when I share about it, the response is really positive, one-on-one. And I think I was just nervous to go bigger than that. And yet, the reason that I wanted to create this podcast is because I I can't do one-on-one. I can't proselytize and teach every single individual person something. And it so drains me to really try so hard to explain all of my heart in it when I'm trying to get back to someone that I thought, what if I just had a podcast episode that I could say, hey, I got your message. I put all of my heart in what I'd like to say in this episode. So take a listen. 
And the replies that I did get when I shared on Instagram stories were not only so positive, but they really further emphasized for me the importance of having the conversation because there were so many people that replied, oh my gosh, I go through the same thing. I got a comment one time and it is the reason I stopped my whole YouTube channel and this is the absolute reason I haven't started a business because I'm terrified of this and I it has been so hard for my mental health. And there were so many people that shared that I thought, okay, I need to stop being a perfectionist, stop being afraid of getting criticized myself and put off what I know is right and wise and helpful and just do the dang episode. So let me start by clarifying. We all know what haters are. And that's not what I'm talking about today. We're not talking about trolls, uh, haters. We can brush that off. And people replied on my Instagram stories like, you know, don't like, you know, Taylor Swift, haters going to hate, check them off, girl. Yeah, I've, you can say that I'm ugly or whatever. Like that truly is something that is easier to shake off because we can say to ourselves, you know, well, they're unhappy or they feel weak, so they're just trying to exert power. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. Let me tell you, for anyone who is a fellow entrepreneur or just trying to put themselves out there in some way, it definitely has gotten easier over the years. I think as you grow in more confidence in yourself and your work, it is easier to shake off even the troll, troll, hater things. But I am very blessed that I get very little of that. And what I am experiencing, people would write back and say, oh, they just want to tear you down. No, they don't. That's actually not the kind of commentary I'm talking about today. They're not trying to tear me down. They don't think they're trying to tear me down. And also, it's really not they, it's you. Because I am talking today about many of you listening who don't realize that you're doing this. If I was talking about the haters, I would not bother with this episode. Whatevs. But I think you're kind. I think you think you're kind, but your actions are causing fear, anxiety, depression, defeat. They're not bringing any blessing or benefit to the world. And I know your actual heart is to bring blessing and benefit to the world. And that is what you think you're doing with comments that come into two categories. There's two categories I'm going to talk about today, and I'm going to share what I'm going to call 10 elements of grace, 10 thoughts, mental shifts, tips, insights, and perspectives that I really think will help us. And I want to clarify as well, this does not just happen in our online life. This happens in our personal life. I don't know about you, but I have some of these people in my life. And, you know, maybe it's Maybe it's your mom. It is not my mom. So I always use her as an example because she is a gem and a delight. But maybe it's your mom that you're like, oh my gosh, my mom gives me that kind of feedback all the time. And therefore, how can we, maybe you're not doing it online, but you might be doing it with people in your life. And if you're doing it online, you probably are doing it with people online in your life. And if you're doing it with people in your life, you're probably doing it online. And is there anything I say today that you could realize, you know, 90%, I'm really cautious with my words, but there was one thing Hillary said today that I realized you know, sometimes I make comments like that and I didn't think that maybe it's a little prickly or triggering on the other end. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. So I truly believe that today is for all of us. We can all grow in some way. Again, this is not about us being the good ones and the haters and the trolls being out there. So the two comments are unsolicited opinions and advice or criticism that misses the heart of the message in 
the first place. And I will also say in this episode, um, I'm going to get sassy probably because this topic really riles me up. Um, It is the worst part of my job. Nothing drains my energy and just makes me utterly exhausted at what I'm trying to do with my life than these kind of comments. Um, So know that um, I do not reply to you this sassy. If I was actually to reply to you back on DM, I am usually going to be a lot more kind and gentle than I might get to sounding today, unless you were like my last straw of the day or the week and I just have no more forks to give. Um, And I may throw out names because that's kind of my comedic style, but I'm not actually calling anyone out. If I'm like, all right, Karen, that's not because secretly some girl named Karen keeps sending me these. Okay. So let me give you an example of category number one unsolicited opinions and advice. One that I get very often, more often than one would imagine, is you shouldn't use paper coffee cups. Now, that may be a very wise environmental stance to use recyclable coffee cups. My question to you is, are you, Bertha, standing outside Starbucks doing this? Are you waiting for every person who exits Starbucks to say, "Uh, excuse me, excuse me, ma'am. Hi there. Hi there, Bertha. Nice to meet you. Um, You really shouldn't be using a paper cop. Did you know that they sell recyclable cops because it's better for the environment and blah, 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 blah. No, Bertha, you're not because you're not crazy. That would be rude. People would be like, what is up with that woman in front of Starbucks? People would not respond well. They would be like, excuse me, who do you think you are? to tell me what to do with my life. Like that's not, we're not really big on that in culture, but I'm not sure why you think it is okay to do it to me. The the exact same thing, to do it to anyone for whom you leave an Instagram comment. You send an Instagram message. You make a comment in your life and you aren't particularly close to that person. This isn't a conversation with your sister. Different thing. You and your sister have a deep relationship. This isn't you leading by example and bringing your reusable cup into the store or into your office. Great, girl. Like, lead that charge. You're just walking me up up to me on the street and telling me that my life choices are wrong. Like, tell me who who you admire. What women? Like, Audrey Hepburn, Michelle Obama, Oprah, Brene Brown. Can you picture any of those women just walking down the street to some stranger and be like, hi there, I'm Brene Brown. Um, You're wrong. And my life choices are better. Have a nice day. (laughs) Obviously, we would not do that. But the first element of grace I want to talk about, we actually discussed back in episode 17, one of your most loved episodes. I will link it below if you haven't heard it or you want to re-listen. But I believe that the reason you are telling me your opinions is because of love. You love the environment. You love the environment. That is amazing. And your share implies that I don't love enough because I'm not loving the same things you're loving at the same level. Now, this doesn't mean that I don't love the environment, but in my ranking of things, we all, because I believe this is God's great gift to make the world go round, we all have different things that we love deeply. You are, you love I was going to say social injustice, but you know what I mean? You want social justice, but like that is the deep core thing on your heart. And somebody else loves the orphans and somebody else loves the uh, the elephants and someone else loves LGBTQ rights. Like, And by having that diversity, nobody gets left out. We all end up with some champions in one another. But when we criticize how someone else is loving, what we are saying is you are wrong for not loving at the same level that I do. But my question is, If you see love in someone else's life, 
that should be the first thing that you are noticing because no one is going to love exactly the same way that you do at exactly the same levels. And again, that's beautiful because we diversify it. But do you see love in their life? Are they a loving person? Are they putting forth love in some other way? Then you can just say, I'm going to model the things I love. I'm going to talk on my profile and in my inner circle and on my platform about the things I love, but I'm not going to come and shove my love on you and imply that all the love and the light and the goodness and the heart and the energy you're putting out of the world is not enough because you're not loving at the same level that I have determined you should love about whatever is happening in my life. And I think this comes back a lot for me in these comments that ultimately you think you are doing good but uh, because of the thing you love, but imagine everything there is to be passionate about in the world. And 10 advocates of every single one of those things telling me in my DMs every single day that I'm not loving those things enough. I, I mean, it's exhausting. And and I'm a pro-love person. I give a lot of love out there. And it feels depleting, like, oh my gosh, how could I be? I'm not enough. Like the love that I'm giving in the world isn't enough because you are looking for the lack in someone else. And instead you can champion the excess. Look at the love that they have in their life. You know, they're over there, you know, championing the the oceans and I'm over here championing the the birds. But great, we're just all, you know, giving love. So do not tell people what they should do. Model what you love to the people in your life, but don't ever walk into someone else's life that you haven't been welcomed into, which is anyone that you email, comment, DM on Instagram that isn't a personal friend who would text you if she got broken up with or she just found out she's having a baby or that her daughter's having a baby. If she wouldn't text you in those moments, you guys may have a beautiful relationship but it is not a relationship in which you've been invited to comment on her personal life. And I think because we are so connected in this day and age, we can feel so connected, which is point number two, that I learned many years ago, I did a style video series and I sent it out to my list and it was the first, it was the biggest thing I had done at that point. The most energy I'd put into it, the most work, the most money. And someone hit reply and told me on my brand new baby that I just launched into the world that I talk too much with my hands and my voice goes up at the end of sentences, which is something that women struggle with and not men. And it definitely is weak and defeats our power. And blah, blah, blah. And I wrote her back explaining that that was like telling someone on or after their wedding day that their dress makes them look fat. Now, number one, if they have asked you and number two, if they have asked you before they bought it, then great. Yes, help a sister out. She's like, I really want to know the truth, Emma. How do you think I look in this dress? I have not yet bought it. I have not yet decided on it. I want you to tell me. We should tell each other the truth. But I didn't ask. And I had already bought it. So it's just plain rude. And we know this when we think about, well, I wouldn't tell a bride she looked fat on her wedding day. But somehow we do the exact same thing with this within this area specifically of the internet we give our opinions we give our opinions unsolicited so this woman we'll call her Karen she replied apologizing and was like i'm so sorry thank you so much for writing that back i'm really horrified and mortified that i sent that because you're right i have no reason no right to speak into your life what i realized happened is that i 
I just feel so comfortable with you. I feel so connected with you. I followed you for years and I'm a nurse and I wear scrubs all the time and I love your style teaching because I don't ever get to feel beautiful and it really inspires me in those moments. And this is what I hear all the time. And I feel it as well. I, my girlfriend, Jessie Artigue, had a podcast for years before I had one. And I would realize I would feel closer to Jessie because I was hearing her all the time. And I had to remind myself, I know what's going on in her life, but she doesn't know what's going on in mine. These aren't two-way voice memos we're sending back and forth. I'm hearing about her life, but she's not hearing about mine. So again, this isn't to say like, this is not something that I struggle with. It's having to remind ourselves that there is a difference. It's a beautiful relationship to follow someone on Instagram and read their blog and take their online courses and hire them as your coach and listen to their podcast and whatever those things are. They're beautiful relationships, but they we don't mistake that we have not been personally given permission to speak into their lives. They, the bloggers that I follow, that I love and adore, they are here graciously and beautifully to speak into mine. They give me inspiration and they teach me and they entertain me and they make me laugh. But I I am welcoming them into my life when I choose to follow, when I choose to subscribe. They have not invited me, welcomed me to come in and comment on their life. So I started with a somewhat silly example there of a coffee cup. But let me tell you, as silly as that coffee cup sounds, girl, I hesitate every freaking time before I post a paper coffee cup because I'm afraid that somebody is going to tell me that I'm living my life wrong and therefore they are better for the way that they're living theirs. And then it's just flipping exhausting in the middle of their day. And I imagine you could empathize if you thought what happens when you walk out of Starbucks or you walk out of someplace you go every day and you just do the thing you do and you just never know when you're going to get criticized. I mean, it really starts to kind of chip away and deplete you. But there are other examples that are way more personal, offensive, and exhausting. And I want to give you some examples of things I've shared and then specifically things that I've seen other influencers share because I notice this all the time. And I would invite you to start to notice anytime you hear someone on a podcast say, now, don't go emailing me because, or, well, I shouldn't say that because then I'm going to get hate mail. Or you see someone on Instagram stories say, no, don't give me advice on this. I'm really being clear. I'm not asking for advice. Or like I start to notice that people are preemptively trying to say, let me say something now to avoid someone giving me that unsolicited advice. It's because they're exhausted. It's because they've experienced it so much. So I, for example, remember posting one time on my feed not too long ago about how I had taken anxiety medication. I've shared on the podcast about my anxiety journey, and I just had a really, really low time, um, you know, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I'm sharing to just reduce any shame or stigma for others. I'm not a doctor. I'm just sharing my story. Uh, You are not a doctor either, or at least you are not my doctor. And yet I got replies, public replies there telling me that uh, why I shouldn't take medication, which FYI, I'm not taking it at the time I already took it. So now you're not even helpful. Now you're just telling me I was wrong for my past life choices that aren't even happening at present, Uh, telling me why I'm not being a biblical Christian by saying I've taken medication. Now, again, when I replied to those people, I got really sincere apologies. I I am deleting my comment. I am so sorry. I, I I, I think of you as a friend. And I replied as I would reply to a friend. And I am honored by that. Please know that I genuinely am honored by that. 
But it is something that we need to be sensitive about. Because if one of my girlfriends who also had struggled with anxiety texted me that, zero trigger. I would have been like, oh, interesting. Uh, Lolly, tell me tell me more. Uh, I was trying to be like, who is a, it was an imaginary friend because I don't want to like call up my other friends with anxiety. Just making people up here. Um, like, oh, Lolly, yeah, tell me more about your experience. Because that's different. We, I, I brought her in. Uh, I saw my friend Jasmine Starr. A few weeks ago, she just adopted a baby and she, we have prayed for years for her and her husband to be placed by a baby. It has been the most exhausting process and something that I didn't even think about with having no, I haven't had a close friend that's adopted before is that when you adopt, you have no idea when it's coming. Maybe they got, they had 30 minutes to hop in the car and leave and go to another state to like be there when the baby was born. And so you don't get to plan a paternity leave. And she, like me, is an entrepreneur. You've got launches. You've got you know salaries that you have to pay. You can't just necessarily up and take off. And you didn't have any heads up for it. You maybe haven't had a chance to hire uh, a nanny if that's what you're planning on doing, whatever. And she pops on Instagram stories the other day and says that she's been getting a lot of comments when she goes live on IGTV or posts something on Instagram that you should be with your baby. Well, you should mind your own business, first of all. Uh, you have no idea what her life is like. And you might be saying, oh, no, but what I meant was, oh, you have that precious new baby. I, I don't even want you to have to be away from, a, from it for a second. I want you to be able to, to soak in every moment. What you're saying is pro her, you know? But if all you say is, oh, you should be with your baby, what it sounds like is, I would be a better mother than you. I understand that you have done this magical gift of adoption and given a phenomenal life to a human being that was a complete stranger to you a few weeks ago, but that's not good enough. Because if you walk away from her for these 30 minutes of IGTV, you're failing as a mother. I mean, guys, it's absolutely so messed up. My friend Jordan Lee Dooley, she posted about her skin that had broken out after uh, she had a miscarriage. She struggled with her skin and it specifically broke out uh, because of the hormones. And she shared and she said very clearly... I do not need product recommendations. I'm not sharing here to get advice. I'm sharing to be vulnerable and empathetic. I'm sharing because I never knew this could happen with a miscarriage and maybe it's happened to someone else or it or is or it will. Maybe someone else is feeling really insecure about their skin for whatever reason and so am I. And nonetheless, I see her post that she has a lot of product recommendations and then the very next day, I see her post on Instagram stories Repeating the fact that, as she said, she still does not need product recommendations because it's like it's like people can't help themselves. Like you just have to say something and be honest. If you're saying that to the blogger who says, I don't need your advice on skin and you're like, but I have to tell you, you're also doing that when your friend says she does not want your opinion on the guy that she's dating. When your daughter says she does not want your opinion on the guy she's dating. Maybe her words don't say it, but her face says it. Her tone says it. Her posture says it. And I've had these people in my life. You can't help yourself. You have to say something. And now, because you don't have willpower as a mature adult person, you the relationship is strained. And it's awkward because you couldn't create space for her to live her life. You needed to be in control. You needed your opinion to be heard. You needed to be the one to solve it. Like whatever your reason is, you know, there is some reason why we are doing that and it is exhausting. So please stop forcing yourself into everyone's life. Be confident that your life is full enough. You know, be peaceful that they'll find their own way. Be restful that when I'm needed, 
people will ask for my help and I don't have to insert myself and give my opinion where not only is it not asked for, but I I've either been explicitly or implicitly told it's not welcome. I saw Lauren Everts Bostick on the Skinny Confidential post uh, recently. She had a photo of her baby that she was getting into um, that was like in its little seat. And she was just doing an outfit post of what her baby was wearing that day. And then she goes to brunch or whatever. And she posts later that she's like, when I took the photo before, the baby was not in the car. She was in her seat on the floor in our house. So the strap was not fully secured as it would be when it's in the car. But people, not everything needs a reaction. Not everything needs 782,000 comments on it. Like, just chill. It is exhausting. And the mom shame is so real. And I was like, yeah, I feel you, girl. That girl is a way bigger follower than me. She's got like a million followers. So she's getting five times the amount of DMs. And from what I pick up as not a mom, it's way worse when you have kids. <laughs> um yeah, not not looking forward to that if we do that. Uh, it is way worse. So I, what I imagine, the volume that she's getting times five, times 10 for the mom things, you come out of brunch and you've got you know, 50 women that are telling you and, you. and what are they saying? They're saying, hey, Lauren, I am a better mom than you, than your husband, than your friends, than the aunts and uncles, than the grandparents, than the godparents, everyone in that baby's life. No one in that baby's life is looking out for it but me. I surely, I'm the one that cares the most about the baby. That's a preposterous claim to make, but surely Lauren's got other people in her life. Even if Lauren's not the queen of putting in a a car seat, which is a big assumption to make, right? That like she doesn't care enough about the safety of her child to read the thing. She's got a husband. She's got aunts and uncles. She's got grandparents. There's a lot of people in her life, right? Who are around that baby. Surely she doesn't need you. And I know you're trying to help, but go find someone in your real life who really does need your help. Because surely your friend Jean over there, she she's lonely. She needs company. She needs you to text her instead of writing back to Lauren Everts Bostick. Lauren doesn't need your help and Jean does, but you're focusing on the wrong thing. Elsie uh, Larson of A Beautiful Mess. I've heard her share. She adopted two uh, beautiful little girls from China, and she would get people telling her that her, uh, her youngest daughter is developmentally delayed. She's like, uh, yes, I am aware. This is very common when children come from orphanages that they are behind in walking and reading. And yes, I have a physician that I'm working with. But what, again, you're acting like she doesn't care enough about her baby to pay attention. And again, no one else in that child's life. You, Susan, are the one that cares the most about that child's life. And you're saying that she's not a good mother. You're saying she doesn't care about her child. And even if you're also just commenting on her child being developmentally delayed, which is just as inappropriate as saying, I heard um, Jenna's Kitchen, I don't know her real last name, but Jenna's Kitchen said that someone commented to her. She was posted a photo from a workout class with her and her friends. And someone posted, wow, you're so much bigger than your girlfriends. Yeah, that just that doesn't need to be said. We know that one doesn't need to be said. So also we should know your child is developmentally delayed does not need to be said if someone has not invited you to comment on their weight or the, you know, social normativeness of their child or whatever. Uh, My dear friend Ashley Lemieux of The Shine Project, she has a, a very heartbreaking story of losing her. Uh, two children through a contested adoption, and the number of messages she has gotten over the years of people giving her unsolicited advice of what she should do to get her adopted kids back. When you're you're not there in that legal case, you're not her lawyer, you don't know what's going on, that she should have a biological baby. 
you don't know her heart. You don't know when that time is right, uh, that she should adopt another child. Should she? How would you know what she should do for her family? All manner of wild overreach of not helpful advice for someone who is grieving and who's bringing you into that process so vulnerably because one, they have put themselves out there. And I, I understand that for all of us, that we have put ourselves out there. And when Ashley shared her life originally, she had, um, you know, anyway, she had full guardianship over these children. They were never going to leave. The children are part of their lives. When all of a sudden the children are gone, you, you have to explain it. And I understand that we've put ourselves in these places, but I go back to Becca's review at the beginning and why I read it is that truly the people that I'm sharing about, like they are all here from a place of service. No one that I follow is like, I just want to be an influencer and famous and you should just really like me. Like, no, I read a, a response like Becca's because Becca's like, I was in the lowest depression of my life and your vulnerability helped me. And Ashley's vulnerability in grief has helped people. And Elsie and uh, and Jasmine's vulnerability in adoption has helped people. Like all of these people, again, are coming from a place of love and service. And they are, they are giving us an inch into their lives. Let us be very careful not to take a mile. Uh, Dugan Sherborne. His wife, Lindsay Letters, uh, and their daughter, daughter, Ava, had a traumatic brain injury last summer. And uh, then he and Lindsay finally went on a vacation to, like, get away. And, I mean, it's just insane. The second day of their vacation, Lindsay gets this, like, infection. They have to rush back to the States. She's, like, in surgery. It's wild. And I see him update the caption in one of his posts where he's like, you don't get to be angry with God over what happens in my life. And I realized, I was like, dude, the guy is enough going on. Like, if I understand if this makes you struggle with your faith. If you're just like, how many hits can one family take? I'm with you. I want to shake my fist at the sky and be like, really, God? Can you not give this family a break? But I don't need to bring that energy to Dugan. He's got enough going on. He's actually in the situation. You you phone a friend. You text a friend. You don't put the burden back on him. You process your feelings silently and you say, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. You say, I'm praying for you. You say, I, I am with you and I support you. But you don't bring your energy back into, I am so upset that this thing happened for you. And if this is happening to him, it's happening to someone else. Someone else that is losing someone they love to cancer and then having to deal with comments in their Instagram that are saying, well, now I've lost my faith in God because I prayed for your husband and he wasn't healed. And it's like, the, they don't need to deal with your with your grief and struggle on top of theirs. It is valid. Your feelings are valid. Process them with someone that you can reciprocally process them with. Uh, Jenny Commenda is another gal that uh, we have a lot of mutual friends in common. And one of my followers replied to me with uh, what she had posted on her Instagram earlier this year, really similar, and actually gave me a lot of courage in today's episode because her audience had responded so positively. I read through the comments on the post and Everyone was like, thank you so much for saying this. I hadn't thought through this. I didn't realize this. Yikes, I'm realizing now that I think I've done this sometimes and I really didn't realize it. So so I will link that below. It's a pinned IG story and it's just, she articulated it very well. And she also made some additional points I won't cover today, more from a content blogger perspective, um, which is not my story. But I want to give you two more examples that have just happened to me in the last few months. One was, uh, these are both DMs that I got, and one said, I don't think you realize it, 
but you've gotten so thin. And I know that you've been under a lot of stress with the wedding, but it's just really obvious. Like I can see your clavicle bones and it's just really not attractive and I'm worried about you. And the other one said, uh, I just watched your video and I am alarmed. It is clear that you're on something. And I'm only telling you because I really think that it's going to harm your brand if you don't take that down immediately because it's just really obvious that you're on something. I'm like, all right, Haley and Hadley. So um, girls, the implication that you're making here is that no one in my life cares about me. No one loves me. No one sees me. My husband... My parents, my friends, my team, I'm just over here on speed with anorexia and no one, Haley, but you. You're my only friend in the world. Hadley, no one but you cared about me enough to come to me. Guys, it is so preposterous and twisted because what you're really saying is that you are so disappointed and disgusted by everyone in my life that I love, that loves me, that they don't care about me like you do. It's so twisted and you don't realize that that's what you're doing. You think you're doing it in love because you're not tracking on, wait a minute, she's got other people who actually know her. Her husband eats with her most of her meals. Do I think he would notice if she wasn't actually eating? And also, just as a fun fact, I've been done wedding planning for a year and I've been the exact same weight for 10 years and I have never done drugs. So we just clear all of those up. So number one is, do I see love in their life, our 10 elements of grace. Number one, do I see love in their life? Is my message going to unequivocally bring them joy? Or is there any slight chance that it could be misread as critical? That, you know, I don't want to deflate anyone that I believe is doing their best to bring love into the world. So am I sure that this does nothing but amplify joy, this message that I'm sending? Number two, do I know them personally? Do we text as friends, hang out in one another's homes? I don't want to overstep boundaries and insert my opinion into someone's life who's graciously opened theirs to me only to support mine, not so I can give feedback to theirs. Number three, have they asked for advice on this topic? whether online or a real friend, have they given me permission to give feedback and asked for my opinion on this specific area? Number four, is there any chance that there may be more to this situation than I know? Am I 100% positive there is no other complexity, detail, personal history, behind the scenes that they might be sensitive to about? Or if I fully understood, it would cause me to either bite my tongue or realize that my advice didn't apply. Because I think that is what's happening the majority of the time, is that we have expectations. We have filled in the blanks of a story. And if we actually knew the full story, we'd go, oh, okay, yeah, now I see why you're doing that that way. But we don't, so we're filling in the blanks. So the other large area that I see are criticisms that miss the heart of the message in the first place. Because you're only seeing life through your own narrow lens. So for example, I got a question back in the fall about whether my Elegant Excellence Goals Journal is for men. And I was answering it in my IG stories in a Q&A about the journal. And at that time, all of my products were for both genders. And that's really important to me because I, I sort of bristle in the industry at the implication that it is only women who can learn from women. Because if it was a man who had an Instagram course or a man who had a productivity journal, do you think any women would be saying 
Does does this Instagram class also work for women? But somehow when it's a woman, I feel that there is more of a assumption that maybe this is only for girls. So that's just my own personal little soapbox. And it's why I didn't solely say, yes, the journal is for both genders and I created it with that in mind. But I also went the extra mile to say, actually, almost all of my products are for both genders, all of my entrepreneurial things at that time. Um, However, the one exception is my style course, which is only for women. I got two messages back asking why my course is not for transgender women. I didn't say anything about transgender women. I didn't say it wasn't. You are the only one who said that. My my statement was not about gender identity or gender politics. It was about whether pantsuits should break over shoes. Yeah, menswear, we, we don't cover that in my class. We talk about how we use jewelry to create feminine shapes. It's literally just a women's wear course. But because you are sensitive to that issue, you made that one word, woman, mean A, this is exclusive, when to me it means something totally different. B, I don't teach men's wear. Now, furthermore, one of them elaborated when I, I replied that all I meant was that I don't teach men's wear. And one of the women replied, well, I just think you should be really conscious with your words because you have influence to support, you know, uh, minority demographics and it's really powerful when you speak up for those people. It, it would be, it could be powerful if I spoke up for those people. But that's your agenda. Go back to everything we talked earlier about what you love. Because my agenda is to make all women feel welcome. Republican, Democrat, Christian, atheist, gay, straight. So if I become an advocate for one specific demographic, now that means I am not an advocate for all women because I'm specifically for that demographic. And then women that don't feel included in that and feel like that doesn't speak to them, they're going to peace out. They're going to be like, oh, this is a, we're just only talking to Republicans over here. It's not really my podcast. Oh, we're only talking to Democrats over here. This isn't really my podcast. So really, Sally, How dare you come into my bedroom when I am at bed at night trying to reply to a few more DMs because I'm, you know, shouldn't be working at night, but sometimes I just want to get in there and do it and tell me what to do with my life and what God has called me to do, what the passions on my heart are. And you go on loving what you love, but let me love in my own way because what you're doing is telling me that I am loving wrong and that's not love. You think that it is. Because you're trying to love, in this case, the transgender community. But what you're actually doing is criticizing me and judging me and acting like you know it all for me and the way I should be loving my life. And what is the most important to me is that you missed the entire heart of the post. Because actually when it comes to love, you, Sally, you and I, we're completely aligned. We are both pro inclusivity. And the post was all about inclusivity. Dean Street products try whenever possible to be inclusive. And what you want is for me to be more inclusive. Make sure you don't exclude the transgender people. I'm like, Sally, this Dean Street is all about inclusivity, girl. We're literally, we're fighting the same fight. I'm not sure why you're throwing stones in my direction. So then this most recent time when I went on IG stories, I had gotten a reply back that I went live answering a question from someone who said, I was giving business Q&A on stories. I do a lot of Q&As over there. And someone said, I want to be a part-time, 
I want to have a business part-time while I'm a mom. How do I get over feeling like I'm waiting? And I went the extra mile of clicking out of the question and going to look at her profile, which is no easy feat. You can't just click through. So you have to remember the username. You have to click out. You have to go to the main search bar. You have to type it in, go to her profile because I wanted to go the extra mile in replying. So I said, I took a look at your profile and I see that you're not a mom. And therefore, don't, because I wasn't sure if she was saying, I'm, I'm struggling with being a mom and I want to build a business or neither of those things are happening for me right now. I'm waiting for both of them. And I wanted to be able to speak to it a little more clearly. So I said, I see that you're not a mom. So don't wait, like start the business now. Don't try to launch, you know, birth a business and a baby at the same time. If you, if, if now is the season, go ahead and get the business started. And I also went the extra mile in compassion and thoughtfulness. And I said, and I don't know if you, I see you're a newlywed, congratulations. And um, I don't know if you are trying at present to get pregnant. So I also wanted to go the extra mile to say, maybe by waiting, what you mean is you're struggling to get pregnant. And I want to be sensitive to that. So I don't know if you're trying to get pregnant right now, but if you're not also enjoy this present season, don't live your life in the future. That season will come. Enjoy being newlyweds. Enjoy the fact that it's just the two of you, you know, take advantage of this. And I got a reply telling me that um, I was uh, not considerate of women who have miscarried or had stillborn births by telling her that she's not a mom. And that was the straw that sent me over the edge and sent me into the rant on IG stories because I was just like, I, okay, first of all, Leslie, I have a hundred characters on an IG stories. I have a, a constraint on everything I do. I can't pod- do a four-hour podcast episode. I only have so many characters in an Instagram caption, and IGTV can only be so long. I can only keep you so long on a webinar. Like Everything I do is me trying to say, how can I say this as succinctly as possible? And yet, as you know, I don't do fluff. I don't do fluff. I don't do cookie-cutter answers. I don't do, here's a quick answer that sounds good, but ultimately is going to fall apart if you dig into it. So it is the great challenge of my life to try to figure out how to say more succinctly things without watering them down. So I am literally, as I do this IGTV message, I'm I'm going back and editing. Guys, the number, amount of copy editing I do to try to get a seven-word sentence into a five-word sentence to make it a little bit easier for you to read. It's legit the thing. So I've only got 100 characters. So I am not going to be able to speak to every single example of challenges in motherhood and mothers all across the board. And I was so disheartened by like, really, girl? Like, I so went the extra mile with this woman. I went to go find out if she had children. I noticed that she was was a newlywed. I gave her, I, I was sensitive to the fact that she might be struggling with infertility. But oh my gosh, there's one more thing I didn't think of. What if she's had a miscarriage? And you know, the girl that I replied to, of course, replies back, oh my gosh, this meant so much. Thank you. The person I'm speaking to always says, oh my gosh, thank you so much. But the woman who replied when she saw my rant on IG stories, which was not calling her out, but she realized that this is what she'd done. She wrote back and said, I am like, I so hope you didn't take that as criticism. Now the message said, not to be critical, but you women and miscarriages, but I love what you do, not criticizing. Okay, well, first, Janice, as soon as you say not to be critical, but not to be rude, but, you know, in my opinion, yeah, we don't say that. We don't say not to be critical, but you look great in that dress. No, we say it when we are saying something critical. (laughs) 
or there is the chance that it could be taken as critical. It clearly wasn't complimentary, which is why we've had to couch it in that. So Janice replies and says, I, a friend of mine had just told me she's had five miscarriages and she told me how much it breaks her heart when someone says that she's not a mother. And I thought of her when I read your post. Now, Janice, that is lovely. That is, I love that you were there for her. I love that you thought of her. I hope that when you read that post, what you did, Janice, is you thought to go and text your friend, Laura. Your friend, Laura, who really needed to hear, she, you, you appreciated that conversation. You appreciated her vulnerability. You, you saw something today and it reminded you and you just wanted to tell her that she is a mother and you honor her. But no, you didn't go talk to Laura. You came and talked to me. And you inserted your vision of Laura, your love for Laura, and you came over and you said that it meant that what I was saying over here to, to Jesse was not loving. But Jesse felt love. I felt love. My heart was love. Jesse's heart was love. You made it mean a whole other thing. And again, you missed the heart because the heart was for women. The heart was for mothers. The heart was empathy for women who struggle with being patient around being mothers. That was the whole heart of the message, Janet. We're on the same team, girl. Why are you throwing stones? It's because you are seen through your very specific lens. And if every person is seen through their specific lens, there are 100 people I will offend with every single thing that I do because I can never gather everyone. That same day, I had another one that was, uh, I had posted about how I've been hearing from women the question often, am I too old to start a business? I heard it on a workshop a, a couple days prior to this, and I said, absolutely not, and this woman was 58, and then I had three other women pop in on the Q&A of that, going, oh my gosh, I'm 58, I'm 57, this is so encouraging to me. Came up again the next day on Instagram stories, and I posted something on it, about it again that, um, you know, why, why people aren't too old. And then someone had posted an Instagram meme about the ages people were when they did different things. And I shared that. I was like, we've been having this conversation and I just want to, I am realizing and seeing this meme that I actually notice how old people are when things happen for them. I, you can ask Jeremy, I am every awards show. I am paying attention to the actor from Two Popes who gets nominated for lead best lead actor, his first Oscar nomination, and he's clearly in his 70s or 80s or whatever. I'm like, that is amazing. Like, I don't really care about Timothy Chalet getting nominated at 17, whatever. Like, eh, okay. It's not that interesting to me. The person that has been working on their craft for 60 years and is either getting recognized for the first time or is still at the top of their game or is still inspiring other people in their field with the level of their craft, like, that just, I'm a puddle on the floor. When Laura Dern was at the, the Golden Globes before that. She's nominated for like 82 awards. I'm, I'm Googling. How old is Laura Dern? I'm like, oh, Laura Dern's 58. Amazing. Laura Dern, you're living your best life at 58. I'm always noticing that. I get a message from a woman that says, I'm a longevity advisor. And you shouldn't say that people are, you shouldn't refer to people as old people. You should say older people. Okay, first of all, Alyssa, literally the syntax of the sentence isn't the same. I said, I notice how old people are. So I can't say I notice how older people are. How much older? Well, much older than whom? I'm, I'm not comparing it to anyone. I'm just noticing what their age is. Like, I don't know if it's the past participle or whatever. I didn't care enough to Google it and try to figure out that actually you're complaining about my sent sentence structure. You're recommending a different sentence structure than the one that I used. And let us go back to the point. <laughs> my heart was pro-aging. Aging rocks. Your heart is, let's support people who are aging. Alyssa, we're on the same team, friend. I'm not sure why you're shouting at me because 
I was not saying, ew, look, old people. I was saying, I love when someone is that age when that happens. And you took one phrase that is probably very triggering to you and the people in your world, the phrase old people. Now, if I was just like, you know what I think about old people? Okay, great. I understand. It's the tone. But the tone of what I said was all about what you are trying to say, which is look how much you can continue to accomplish in your life. Uh, Another blogger, Danny Austin, she's been very vulnerable about uh, struggling with hair loss. And she did a post about how she was working to grow it back. And I just saw her reflecting about this post the other day. People had asked her advice on something. And she's on IG stories. And she says, I've been nervous to post about this because I know I get a lot of questions. But the last time I talked about it, I got a lot of hate. It almost felt like a coordinated attack because so many people started posting on stories about me on the same day. And it was that they didn't apparently, I don't know too much about her hair loss story, but they didn't read that the cause of her stress, or sorry, the cause of her hair loss, I'm just going to assume a little bit about the story. The cause for her hair loss was stress. She said something about like anxiety and physically pulling out her hair and I don't know, maybe having some sort of like stress tick. Let's say these other women, it was all because of female pattern baldness. And they just read it through their lens that if this is the root of your hair loss, these solutions won't work. But she has a different root of her hair loss and she's sharing it over here. But I thought this woman has been so vulnerable. Yet again, she has put herself out there. And like my friend Ashley, who loses her children in divorce, when Danny becomes a blogger, taking photos of herself every single day, she doesn't know that she's going to go through this hair loss that's going to make her really insecure. And she's suddenly not going to want to go on camera anymore. And she's going to have to decide, do I go public with this? And do I become an advocate for hair loss? And she's out there trying to figure it out. And she's giving nothing but love. She's being vulnerable and supportive. And the fact that when she does that, she gets criticized by the very people that she is shoulder to shoulder with saying, you and I are both struggling with this. And we are both learning to to rethink our beauty and do this with dignity and all of this. Why of all people would you be throwing stones at me? I have so many more examples of this in my own life, talking, doing a post about um, how much ethnic diversity matters to me. We were, we went on a trip somewhere and we thought, I wonder if we could ever see ourselves living here. And I, I, that struck me, was like, there's so little diversity here. I didn't realize that I'm so used to that growing up in California and now living in New York. And so I posted about like, you know, you should go and try things in your life. You might realize questions you didn't even consider. It never occurred to me that that's something that's important to me and where I live. So that's the heart of the post, diversity matters to me. But I use the phrase minorities. I noticed there was no minorities on their church staff. And I get a message from someone telling me that uh, that was inappropriate. But again, the heart, we're on the same page that my heart was pro-diversity. My heart was pro all the people together, whatever the names of the people are, right? And if this is your platform to educate on, that's amazing. Go educate the people in your life. Lori, like go, go tell all of those people, go talk about it on your page, but to come over and criticize, you just, you don't know what else I've gone through that day. You don't know how hard I've worked. You don't know how many hours I've put in. You don't know that I have sat there for three hours of my day. On average, I would say I spend about three hours a day on Instagram, um, not consuming Instagram, replying to DMs, replying to comments, creating content, um, including weekends, um, and really just giving. It is so rarely about something that I'm selling. And even the things that I sell, I mean, tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people will follow me over the years and never pay me a penny, never actually like invest in anything I'm doing. So they won't be a part of the 
401k that I'm building because I work for myself and I don't have that or paying the salaries of the teams that ran that webinar that they appreciated or replied to that email when they were having you know an issue or were setting up the website over here so that I could spend an hour and a half in my DMs just doing free counseling, free business advice, free style feedback, f- feedback whatever it is. And then when I go in, and it's 1030 at night and I'm doing this business Q&A and I'm just really feeling like, oh, well, I just I, I love giving. I just love giving. I just I'm going to help one more person before I go to bed. And there's a single mom that is written and she's talking about how she doesn't have enough money. And I'm like, oh, I really want to help this woman. And so I get I write her back about how ultimately I find that there are little things in our life that we can we realize we have Netflix, we buy clothes, we drink alcohol. Like there's tiny little things, even if we're on a budget, that we can find to say, I'm going to put this aside bit by bit so that. I can get to the point where I can afford this $97 Instagram course or, you know, whatever it is that I'm investing in. And I get a message and she writes back and she's like, that was amazing. That was beautiful. That was so what I needed to hear. Again, the person I help is always grateful. But somebody else, Tanya over here, replies that I'm, I don't know, I was offending the homeless population. I was offending underprivileged people. Like she just goes on this whole rant and I am livid. I am like, storming around my bedroom, like throwing pillows onto the floor. Jeremy's uh, Jeremy's asleep. I'm trying to not to wake him up, but, you know, like trying to wake him up as I'm just like throwing pillows and I'm just like screaming, just like, like you can't see me. I'm just screaming into the mic, but I'm not making any sound because, again, I'm trying not to wake Jeremy up, but I kind of am trying to wake him up because I'm just so level 10 frustrated. Like I am literally just lying in bed at night trying to help single moms. And yet you come in here and criticize me. It is just flipping exhausting and the fact that I described on Instagram stories for my Harry Potter fans it feels like um Dolores Umbridge you know the really horrible person who's in the pink suit and she has the perfect curled hair she always has a smile she is the worst villain to me in the entire Harry Potter series because she's so evil but she does it with a smile and it even makes it worse and it's like the thing is you think that you're being Hermione you think you're just saving the day you don't realize that you're being a Dolores Umbridge and that again is what I want to convey that I know I believe your heart is kindness and love but we really need to slow down and ask ourselves in this case number five what is the heart of this message is there any chance I'm reading into a word or a phrase? Do I need to reread this? If I slowed down, if I came back to this tomorrow, I mean, how often do you do that, right? You get a text and your eye goes straight to something. And then when you read it later, you're like, oh, sorry, I thought it said this. Because we just immediately thought that that friend's going to cancel on me. That friend always cancels. And then actually the friend like wasn't canceling, but you just already got all going to say got all butthurt about it because Jeremy think and I think that butthurt is the funniest phrase and our friend Stacy who um preps meals for us she said something about her mom being butthurt and it just like slayed us into laughter we we're like oh my gosh we always joke about the phrase but nobody actually uses it so even like even if I am confident that I'm not reading anything into it is their day going to be better because I send this and you know, for me I feel like I am a brand that is all about joy and inclusion. So how is it possible that I have offended all of these people, that I have failed in all of these ways? And my ethos is not pushy. Like my political beliefs, religion, the products I buy, the way I run my business, I am all about you are the CEO of your life. 
Like, here's my story. Here's some ways to think about it. But I do not tell people what's right or wrong, you know, unless they ask. If they, if you comment and I notice that you have negative thinking, that I will push back on. I will really point out how you could reframe it because I want to help and because I believe that you are following me for that help. And yet without being someone who is pushy I and pushing my ideas and opinions, I still get that back, which then makes me wonder about the people who do have a specific message or a target demographic or a passion that they are more niche. They are more exclusive because of their really focused. Like if I get all of this criticism, ye gads, who does not? And the replies that I get in my DMs confirm that people are terrified to start businesses because of you. They're struggling with depression because of you. Their marriages are weighty and pressure-filled because of you. And I say because of you because I want you personally, each of us, to take ownership over being more aware if we are all anyway a part of this. So number six for me is what I call the Starbucks test. I've said for years that to me, online bullying is anything you wouldn't have the courage to say or would have the wisdom not to say if you saw someone in person. If you saw me in a coffee shop sitting by myself or with my husband or my mom or a girlfriend, would you walk up to me and say, hey, I've, I'm uh, I'm Alyssa. I'm in your uh, Instagram with attention class. I just wanted to tell you um, I'm a longevity advisor. And that post that you did earlier, you really shouldn't use the word old person because blah, blah, blah. blah. You wouldn't because the look in my eyes, you would start to realize my face fall like, Seriously, did you just walk up to me to criticize me and tell me something I did wrong? Like what? I, I'm, just, I'm just having a private moment of my day. Like what's happening? But somehow through a screen, we forget that. And it is because it is beautiful how connected the internet makes us feel. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. But we have to be careful not to allow it to replace the value and appropriateness of mutually intimate personal relationships. Number seven, that doesn't mean that you can't get vulnerable. You are all the time with me. I mean, I get shared the most intimate things in people's lives, and that means so much to me. I, I, I treasure that. I keep those private. But that is you letting down the boundary. You know, you're, you're asking yourself, is this me welcoming them into my life. I'm watching this girl's IG stories and I'm welcoming her to give me advice on wellness or whatever I'm following her for. Or am I pushing my way into theirs with with advice? Or am I just letting down the boundary to my life and saying, hey, I'm going to be honest that I've been struggling with an eating disorder and I, I that, that that episode you did really really blessed me to this wellness coach. Like that's you putting down that barrier versus pushing in and giving an opinion because we don't want this cautiousness that I'm talking about to make us closed off. We should still stay vulnerable. We should still appreciate and not discount that these are beautiful and very real relationships. It doesn't make the it doesn't make you any less connected to that person. It just reminds you of the reality of that connection. It actually doesn't change anything but your slightly off-skew perception. We just want to stay super kind and compassionate and respectful while valuing and pouring into these relationships and continuing to stay vulnerable. Number eight, am I feeling any need to put a caveat? In my opinion, not to be rude, but I don't mean to criticize. You probably didn't mean this, but if you have to put a caveat, slow your roll delete, and and walk away from the phone for an hour. 
put the phone down, walk away, and ask yourself, do I need to send this? Again, this will bless you not just with DMing something, someone, but texting someone in your life. How many text messages have you said, sent that if you looked at the next day, you would say, I, I, yeah, I think that probably could have seemed a little critical. I probably, eh, I probably didn't need to, to say that to her. You know, I said that yesterday in that conversation face-to-face, and if I had a do-over, I would have bit my tongue. And there are some people like this in my life, and I'm just like, why why can you not bite your tongue? It is such a sign of maturity. Number nine, can I sandwich this to ensure there is zero misunderstanding of my tone? One example was uh, Love Taza, another influencer. I saw one time someone comment, and guys, I would like to say every example I'm giving you, I I have no notes. I have not screenshotted these. They have lo- these have lodged in my memory sometimes for years, but specifically over this last year. Um, they just they stand out to me. I notice when an influencer comments on something that's happening, and I also notice when I see a beautifully written comment. And some woman who I don't remember mentioned this to Love Tazah. She said, "Do your kids homeschool or go to public school?" Not judging either way, was just curious. Exclamation mark. And now I noticed that she had to put the caveat, the caveat there of like you know not judging. But in this way, I felt like. Uh, Naomi, love to Zaz, her kids were out of school. It was a Monday, let's say. So the the person was just genuinely curious, but they realized if they just left it at, do your kids homeschool or go to public school? It could be heard with that tone because there's no other context, which is, um, excuse me, why are your kids not in school on a Monday? Because my kids are in school on a Monday. So probably you are not as good of a mom as I am. That easily can be the context. But by her saying not judging either way, just curious – Naomi replied, like, they go to public school, but it's a Jewish holiday, so they were off today. You're like, okay, great. Now the, now the woman just starts to realize, like, oh, we don't have a lot of Jewish holidays that, that are off in my state. Um, Jenny of Margo and Me, she got asked the question on her pregnancy announcement. Someone said, do you mind if I ask how old you are? No worries if you don't want to share. It just seems like you guys have gotten such a beautiful, long season to be married, just the two of you, which I would love for us as well. Well, A, you've given her the option that she doesn't have to answer you. And it's it's not rude. You're, she doesn't owe you that. She doesn't owe you to answer whatever question you want. But you also are saying why. You're not like, how old are you? Because I feel like you're too old to have a baby. How old are you? Because I feel like you are too young to have a baby. Like, if you just say, how old are you? There, there. It implies, it is, studies have shown that we imply a tone when something is over text because we have no tone in our voice and we have no no uh, body language. We have no facial cues to take. So we don't say to one another, how old are you? We, that's not how we talk. You'd be able to tell if there was a judgment, if there was a support, if there was just a general curiosity. So I see great comments like this all the time. And sandwiching it to really make sense, which again, go back to number eight, see above, does not mean the caveat, not to be rude, but how old are you? Yeah, no, 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 Emily, that doesn't, that doesn't count. It's, I, do you mind if I ask how old you are? No worries if not. Here's why I'm curious. I'm just curious because I too would love to be, to be married for quite a few years. And yet in my head, I'm always worried that I'd be too old when I'm like, now you're vulnerably sharing with me. You're worried like at what age? I'm just, I'm just curious. At what age can people still get pregnant? I'm 29. I sort of start to feel like it's being old, you know, whatever that is. When I mentioned that I got two comments saying, why was my course not for 
transgender or gender non-conforming women. And when I replied, all I meant was it's a women's wear class. One of the the other women replied, um, oh, I just, I'm a stylist too. And I was teaching a class recently at a community college and they asked some question, I don't know about gender, men's wear, women's wear something. And just, I realized I couldn't really answer it. So I thought maybe you had an answer. I'm like, okay, well, Liza, could you not have said that the first time? Because we can, that is a conversation that we can have. But you didn't give me any of that the first time, girl. You just said, why are you judging exclusive? That's that's all I heard. And yes, you can put that on me that like I am making those assumptions. But again, I would like to say on my behalf that data shows that's what everybody does. So instead of putting it on the other person, let's go the extra mile when we're asking. Because honestly, what Liza, what you're doing, you're asking for my help. You're a stylist, you're a style educator, and you're asking for my help. You're asking Margot and me for her help in helping you picture at what age might might someone start a family? You're asking us for help. So don't put the onus on us to then have to not get <laughs> butt hurts. Let me say that word. Um, about it. Like, let's take ownership for ourselves. And number 10, look ahead for the next domino. What might they reply? Is it clear enough what I'm looking for? Like, might we head in a direction that makes them uncomfortable? So Domino thinking, this is my phrase, like opinion culture is my phrase, um, that domino thinking is something that I have realized is one of my superpowers. Um, I've realized this through being an entrepreneur, through hiring teams, through working with coaches and consultants, that it is not the way everyone's brain thinks. And because it is the way my brain thinks, I can get really frustrated at like, why the heck isn't everybody doing this? Isn't this obvious? I've learned that it's not obvious, but I do believe it is a skill set that we can learn and become better at and and grow as a muscle. So the, the domino effect is saying, when this comes out of my mouth, what will they say in return? And then where might we go from there? So as an, an actor, musical theater was my last career, I loathed when someone would say, oh, you're an actor? Are you doing anything right now? Never, never ask an actor if they are doing something right now. Because what are you going to say if the answer is no? It just sucks all the air out of the room. Nope. Cricket. Cricket. So you don't ask that question. You don't, you don't ask your niece at Thanksgiving, so are you seeing anyone special? Nope, I'm not, Aunt Martha. Cricket. Cricket. Like you don't ask. You ask something that can, can lead to a conversation. So instead of saying, why is your course not for women? Like, that's just, I could, we could go down a whole other path. What you really want to know is, will I help you with this thing in your life? Now, as we close out this broader topic today, it is not just online. It is in our personal lives that this happens. However, there is something extra challenging about the online effect because there are people in my life that do this. They give unsolicited advice. They are passive-aggressively critical. And I can take steps, not perfectly, but I can take some steps to create some boundaries in my life. I can guide conversations. I can guide time together. I can limit access. But when it comes to these things online, I don't know how to stop them. Unless I was to block every person who said something. But the thing is, I think every fictional woman that I've mentioned throughout this, she's not going to say anything else to me for the next two years. She's not a troll. 
She's not trying to troll me. She's a nice person. You're a nice person who just doesn't feel you have any boundaries in my life. So you can just walk in any time and throw a stone in the middle of the day. And I never see it coming because you're so sweet and you're so nice. And even if I block you now, I don't really think it's purposeful because I think you're going to go back to being sweet and nice. I think you just had a momentary brain fart of your your personality, your, uh, your boundaries and your compassion and or more often, you just haven't thought about it. You haven't been quite so intentional in thinking about it. And so my hope instead is that we can have this conversation and I can educate you a little bit and that for not just my sake, but every single influencer I mentioned here, which is a you know, a tiny fraction of the people that I see this from. And I was thinking about how I had a really devastating experience um, in the last year where a friend said something really awful to me. It was just really cruel and traumatizing. Now, these things that have been said to me are far less cutting. I mean, really, I am not being attacked and called horrible names. And there are people on the internet that get a billion times worse and way more you know, hideously personally attacked. I'm very aware that these are paper cuts. But there's a sense of powerlessness about it that I never know when I open up my Instagram and I read comments or I read DMs or I refresh on my podcast reviews. You never know when it's coming. And that creates a low-grade sense of anxiety that is exhausting, that just crushes your spirit. It builds resentment towards the people and the work that you you love to help. It makes you nervous in an environment that you love. You just don't feel fully safe in. It leaves you always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's that those add up. So your one comment, Darcy it's not that bad. I know you're a sweet girl. I know that you weren't trying to be mean. But Darcy, it's a paper cut. And friend, I got a hundred other paper cuts this week. And now it is just this wound that is really, I'm, I'm aware of it. It's not just one little thing that I forget about throughout the day. And then I keep getting afraid that when, do you guys ever remember there was like a Bill Hader commercial when his phone his screen was um, was cracked and every time he got a call, he had to swipe it and it would slice his finger. So he has band-aids on like the other nine of his fingers because he can't afford to get a new phone and this one is cracked glass and it's causing him pain. It's almost like that where you're just like, every time I go back to this place that I want to bring love and I receive so much love and you heard Becca's review at the top, there's just these little tiny paper cuts. And I'm speaking up because I know at this stage of my business and life, I am more confident and less bothered than 90% of the people that follow me. And because I'm getting it on far less personal topics like mothering or grief or body than many of the fellow influencers that I see when they finally share about it, that if it exhausts me this much, I can only imagine for all those other demographics. And if we don't speak up, we can't learn. And the beautiful thing is that, as I've said, 99.9% of the time when I explain this to you, you reply beautifully. I don't have to convince you. You have an aha moment immediately. You apologize, you delete, you clarify, which is why I ultimately wanted to do this episode because I've seen that it helps, that it makes us sweeter, kinder, safer, more loving, and more connected. So that, my dears, is my opinion on opinion culture. And I would encourage you to 
Have a conversation with a friend about this today. Send them a voice memo or pick up the phone or talk about it over coffee. Um, swipe up to read these 10 elements of grace. I will put them below. And I would just ask you to really think through each one of them. Again, not on Instagram, but in your, not just on Instagram, but in your real personal lives. When you talk to your mother, when you talk to your daughter, when you talk to your spouse, when you talk to your friend or your boss or the you know, the employee below you on your team, like, do you ever do this? Is there just one little thing you realize that you could be more sensitive about? Uh, I would love if you would screenshot this episode and share it on your IG stories and tag me if you think that this would bless others. Um, and again, know that I get pretty riled up and sassy when I talk about this. And um, yet this community is truly comprised of really loving, kind, generous thoughtful souls. And so for all of my fellow creators and aspiring, I want to make sure that you are not discouraged by this episode because I do believe that of 99% of the world. So do not hold back your light, your art, your insight, your ideas because of fear. We are for you. We are with you. And when we accidentally step on your toes, just lovingly send us this podcast and give us grace that we all learn how to navigate this wild and honestly still rather new world of having dear relationships through screens and online devices with more intention and love. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately are travel frames. I got this from my amazing assistant, Crystal, who sent me the sweetest care package last fall when I was giving a keynote speech someplace. And one of the things that she included, she had it sent ahead to the hotel, was a set of travel frames where by travel frames, I mean they don't have glass on them. They have plastic, so you don't have to worry about them cracking or shattering in your suitcase and she'd printed out photos of our wedding and put them inside so if you follow me on stories at the time you already know that I travel with uh, candles a lot of times when I go places to make it more homey and smell lovely so I had candles I'd also gotten a swag bag so that had extra candles in it I had these three frames like I had a whole setup going on in my hotel suite it was amazing and when I was packing to head down to Mexico for this month-long trip that we're on I saw those in my travel bag I was like I'm gonna bring one of those so we have one of those to make it feel like home, and I just think it's the sweetest gift. I'm going to put a link uh, in the notes below on the ones that we found, but super inexpensive and just a really thoughtful gift for someone of their favorite place or their dog or their friends or their family or even for yourself if you travel uh, a lot or if you travel infrequently and are a little homesick or if you're going to be traveling for an extended period of time. I just think they are something beautiful that you could add into your home away from home. And speaking of beautiful, I want to send us off with one more review because it perfectly ties into what we were talking about today. Mischin One said, we are all human. I've been listening to this podcast for a few months, and at one point I had to stop because it was triggering something in me that wasn't positive. This had nothing to do with Hillary. She is honest and true and good, but with what was going on internally for me. I had to stop and pause to figure it out. 
What was strange about it was when I picked it up again from a more enlightened place, she was actually talking about this same topic, about being more self-aware and really diving deep into our resistance. It is like everything she talks about is relevant to what is happening in my life. My life is fuller and richer with this podcast. So inspirational. And Miss Jen, thank you so much for articulating beautifully what we were talking about today, that something came up for you and you realized it didn't have anything to do with me. And so instead of coming on and leaving a negative podcast review and saying that this would apply to anyone else, you realized this is just about me. This actually isn't a criticism of Hillary. I don't need to ruin anyone else's experience. I can just take some space away. And then when I come back, I can just say, oh, I was figuring out my own stuff and it actually wasn't anything critical of you. And I just think that is such a beautiful, inspirational example that you actually paused to come back and share that. I just really want to champion how well I feel like you led and muddled that for all of us. So it truly means the world to me when you send a review. I posted on Instagram recently I had not looked at the reviews for a while and I was at a coffee shop and I just ended up in tears because I really was so moved by everything that you shared and the reality is that right now I make zero money off of the podcast. We've uh, been here for almost a year uh, without any ads up until this point. It costs money to put out every episode. Um, some episodes mention my courses, for example, but not all of them. Like truly, this is my gift to you and uh, to other people that are out there wishing that they could find it. So it would mean so much if you would give the gift in return of taking one minute to say thank you and pass it on to someone else else who comes upon it by swiping up and giving it a review right now before you head on with your beautiful day. And then I will see you back here next Wednesday with Grace and Gotcha. Till next Wednesday. 